0: It is Monday, April 4th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. My man, Trevor Plouffe, he has fallen ill. Not because he's doubled over after I nailed him with that April Fool's joke, but because he's got a little bit of a bug. So hopefully he'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, we made the quick call to the bullpen for the left-hander, Jerry Blevins. What's up, Blev? Oh man, uh, you got my my juices flowing early
1: this this yeah. morning. I'm used to that quick call. Uh, I'm usually already warming up, but today it was was uh, cold on the bench. Uh, but I'm ready to go. Good, I appreciate. it. You only need a few warm
0: up pitches to get going. That's right? the truth. I can get I can get all eight whatever I need on the mound, so I'm good. All right, excellent. Speaking of getting the call, congratulations to Julio Rodriguez, one of the top five prospects. He is breaking camp with the Seattle Mariners. He joins a growing list that included Spencer Torkelson, another top 10 prospect, former number one overall pick. He'll be the starting first baseman in Detroit. Bobby Witt Jr. Thankfully getting the call with the Kansas City Royals. We'll see him Thursday against the Cleveland Guardians. So who are you most interested to see? Yeah,
1: uh, so shout out to to Julio Rodriguez. I didn't see it coming. I'm happy for him. I I am most likely, I want to see all of them, to be honest. I want to see what these young guys can do at an early point. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. obviously in Kansas City is super exciting, but the team may not be as exciting. So I'm super pumped to see Julio Rodriguez on a team like the Mariners who want to contend. And then on that same level, uh, Reed Detmers, the left-handed pitcher for the Angels, they're going to need him because pitching has been there, especially starters have been where they've been lacking. And this team looks set to try to contend in that same division.
0: You know what? It, it's nice that um, a big part of the negotiations this year was the service time manipulation, and we were going to wonder how that was going to play out moving forward. And then we had the terrible announcement that O'Neill Cruz was being sent down by the Pirates for "quote unquote" more seasoning, which is biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. Um, but then to see these teams, I think the Tigers feel like they can contend for one of those wild card spots. You know, they spent a lot of money, they've got a lot of young talent. I know the Riley Green injury is going to set them back a couple months there. But still, to give Torkelson the job right now is really cool. I don't know where the Royals sit in the pecking order. But you've got to give these fan bases something to hang on to. Like, they want to buy people's jerseys. And it wouldn't shock me if in less than a year, we hear that Bobby Witt Jr. has already received a contract offer.
1: I bet they've already talked to him even before this, because this is kind of the way things are. You have a young star or a young future star. You try to lock these guys up a la, you know, Ronald Acuna, that kind of even before that, like like Evan Longoria in Tampa Bay. You control them. Uh, You may sneak out a a few arbitration
0: years and maybe even a a free agent year or two. You got to get them locked up. Yeah, uh, Wander Franco is another one that comes to mind. You know, he came up in the middle of last season, and now he's got a deal that could be worth over $200 million long-term. As for me, real quickly, I would say Bobby Witt Jr. I, I, you know, I mean, listen, I watched his dad's entire career, and it wasn't like he had a cup of coffee. Like, he spent 15 years in the show or whatever it was. And now his kid, um, it was interesting. I had Witt Merrifield on the Chris Rose rotation, and he said Rusty Koontz, who's their longtime first base coach, this guy with the best hair in the league. Yeah. With the best bobblehead I've ever seen. That's like <laughs> almost real hair there compared him to Ken Griffey Jr. That's
1: crazy. Yeah.
0: I, I hope this continues. I hope MLB, uh, and it's not
1: just like a tip to the CBA, that they really are promoting these young guys who deserve mm-hmm. opening day slots. I
0: hope this is a trend that continues Is is isn't just a flash in the pan. Yep. And I remember a couple of years ago, and there's the last point we'll move on when Tatis was ready, Hosmer and Machado, walked into the owner's office and was like enough of the bullshit if we really want to win and you've paid Hosmer 144 million and Machado 300 million and if you really are interested in get, you'll have that guy at shortstop on opening day and shirt sure, I guarantee you that helped I that guarantee that helped. it so yep. uh, let's move to the American League Central where the defending division champion White Sox got some bad news over the weekend and they're going to be without Lance Lynn it sounds like for about the first two months he's having his knee cleaned up he's got a meniscus tear in there so how much does this open the door for the twins or maybe the tigers or maybe the guardians or maybe even the royals if they can get their shit together to put some early pressure on Chicago
1: uh, I think this like unlocks the back door it's still closed it still maybe has a chain that you could bust through they still have a lock they have the best uh solid like top to bottom roster but the the tigers are exciting they could do some things and the twins you know they're they're making a push but you know they lost garrett crochet too, the the big arm in the bullpen Mm -hmm. and then they traded away kimbrell and then lost lance lynn so it's it's got a crack in it maybe i i
0: think the door's still closed but um at least interesting to start the year so last year, the White Sox, it, it wasn't smooth sailing for them, but most of their major injuries happened with the lineup and they had enough depth and there wasn't another team that could push them in that division where they just still kind of coasted and won the division by double digits. In fact, they were the only team that was over 500. This year, the Tigers mean business. Cleveland's pitching is for real. If they get any sort of hitting, they're going to be right there. Uh, and we know what the twins have done in adding one of the best players in baseball and trading for Sonny Gray and they're going to be very interesting to say the least. I do worry a little bit about the Chicago's rotation. There are question marks in it without Lance Lynn, right? It's not Lucas Giolito. That's the question, but Carlos Rodon moved on after an all-star season. They're putting Michael Kopech in the rotation for the first time. I believe in him, but you never know when guys are making a move from the pen to the rotation, even though he was a a starter in the minors. Um, Dallas Keuchel was a disaster disaster last last year, right? So there are I, question marks
1: here. There are, and I expect Keuchel to kind of bounce back his stuff. It just plays, it plays well. He he's a he's a missing barrels kind of pitcher, and I think that plays well. I, I I'm not sure. I want to say it was just kind of a a freak thing his his inconsistencies last year. So I, I think he'll have a bounce back. But they're gonna miss Lynn because he's a great presence, not just in that rotation, but just in that clubhouse and and pushing through because you know you're just gonna get a huge chunk of innings that are going to be dominant out of him.
0: Maybe I, I suppose big picture for a guy who's now in his mid thirties and has logged a lot of innings. Maybe it's not the worst thing for him that he's not using his bullets until late May. Is that possible? Or does that not matter?
1: No, it, it's a, it's, it's a true thing. You can kind of save some bullets. He, any, anytime you're missing significant chunks of innings from a guy that you're relying on that there's a reason why starting pitchers make more money because they log these innings and they're important, but for a guy, you know, entering his later stages of his career that really relies on a fastball, um, it, it's, I don't think it'll be a bad thing. I think he'll come in and and, and be effective when he gets in, but I, I do think it is a negative that that he's just simply not going to be throwing those innings for the White Sox.
0: couple of guys to keep your uh, your eyes on to fill the rotation spots. Ronaldo Lopez, who of course came over, with Giolito and that Nats to uh, White Sox deal in the Adam Eaton move several years ago, he never has really kind of grabbed the mantle and, and run with it at all. Vince Velasquez is a guy that they signed has kind of bounced around the last year. We'll see if he can reclaim something that, that seemingly made him special for a little bit of time. Uh, let's move on. And speaking of starting pitching, it's the reason I'm wearing the San Diego Padres hat on baseball today. Sean Manaya Maha- traded from Oakland to San Diego for a couple of, not big name prospects at all. In your opinion, extra depth for the Padres rotation or is another move coming?
1: Uh, I think it's depth. I think Manaya is going to be a key piece for them. But I'll never rule out anything with, you know, with AJ Preller, you know, on the, they have, they've been pretty quiet until recently. And so I think they already put Paddock in that, you know, possible trade for the Mets for, for Dom Smith. He might be on the chopping block, but you can never have enough starting pitching depth as we you know talked about earlier. So I love the addition. The Padres are a very exciting team.
0: Uh, and he's going to be a, a nice piece for them. Well, for now, I don't expect one of their main five guys. Sorry to about move. this. Hold, hold on. Oh, you, who are you getting you a can call you hear from? It? Who are we who are you getting a call from? That's the missus. I apologize for that. Oh, You should
1: have answered it on the show. <laughs> uh, she'll come down if she needs me. Oh,
0: We don't think it's an emergency or anything, do we? No, no. If it is, uh, I'm still in the house. So she'll come down and see me. Oh, okay. Is it a honeydew list thing?
1: Uh, It could be. She's probably just like, what are you doing down there? You know, obviously I'm supposed to be up by now because I've already done my work. She doesn't know baseball today is now a thing. So that might be as like, um, what are you doing Wait a second? So you got a late call and you did not tell your wife that this was part of the plan. Well, she's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. And so uh, this is how we do. We usually meet for lunch. Uh, it's coming up on that time. So oh, this I'll is shoot her a
0: text. Yeah. Why don't you shoot her a text while I ask the answer, the question you go ahead. Okay. Uh, for me, none of the big names are going anywhere right now in part because Mike Clevenger is not ready to go. Okay. He's, he's battling a little knee injury on top of coming back from a second Tommy John. So if Clevenger was locked and loaded, then I'd say, hey, man, somebody's going. And let's remember, they just brought back Nick Martinez from the Far East. They gave him a nice chunk of change, and he pitched very well in the spring. So He looks looks phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, really, really good. We also talked about Paddock, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but they could move him. Mackenzie Gore really had a good spring. So they've got a surplus and they're going to have to move somebody. And I think it's going to have to be within the first month. The Tatis injury has really fucked them a little bit, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's
1: a <laughs> the significant missing time for your most exciting player. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's why they made in part the trade for Luke Voigt. They needed more pop. They still have a huge hole in left field, in my opinion. So yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what it, I think there's going to be a lot of moves in general in MLB in that first month because Mm -hmm. teams had such a short compact time to evaluate players. Though they're probably going to let the guys go and do their thing and see where they are, reevaluate and then make moves. I think it's going to be a really exciting trade season
0: uh, come, you know, the first six weeks of the season. I agree with you. And in addition to that, let's remember, the rosters are expanded to 28 the first several weeks of the season. Once those get cut back down to 26, I mean, you're talking about losing two valuable players, including at least one pitcher out of that group. You got to make sure that you've got horses. And so we'll see. I, I think somebody's going to be on the move. I just don't know which one it is because let's remember also there's a lot Clevenger, uh, Musgrove, and I believe Darvish are all in the last year of their deal. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. They,
1: I don't see Paddock having enough value to leave. Yeah, I don't. You know hear. that's why the you know we'll probably cover it in a minute, but I just don't see his ceiling. He's kind of his star has kind of faded a little bit, um, so I don't know what kind what they're willing to do. Clevenger is a good piece to to move on. They they never really got anything from him, um, and then that injury again is, is kind of unfortunate for him and them. But uh, they do have a hole in left field. I don't think. Uh, pro far is the answer there. Yeah. And so, so we'll see AJ Preller the,
0: the mad scientist for a reason. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about the trade that fizzled out between the Padres and the Mets, uh, somewhat precipitated, although the Mets claim that they were looking at it ahead of the DeGrom news where he's going to be out. He's shut down for a month. And then probably you're thinking of around another month to build back up, et cetera. Um, but it was going to be Hosmer, Emilio Pagan, Chris Paddock to New York for Dom Smith, plus a significant amount of money. Uh, New York turned it down. Is that a smart move by the Mets or not? I think, it's a, I think it's a very smart move. I really like
1: Dom Smith. Like we covered, I'm not a big Chris Paddock guy. Um, I just didn't see it move. I, I, it sucks for my friend Dom Smith Mm-hmm. Uh, because he showed in the 2020 season that he can play every day and I don't see a path for him to get regular at-bats for the Mets I don't either. and so I don't know what they're going to do with him but it wasn't the it wasn't a big enough piece for them to move Dom Smith who I still think his value is high enough for teams to kind of make a move for him.
0: If the Mets are looking for a little more rotational depth because you know Scherzer's dealing with this hamstring which we don't think is a big deal but it Who knows exactly? We're going to, I think we're going to find out Tuesday if he's going to be able to go on opening day against his old team. And they do have some guys in that rotation that have been good, but have had, whether it's injury or inconsistency question marks, right? Carrasco hasn't put together a healthy season in a while. Taiwan Walker was an all-star and then fell off a cliff. Bassett is the guy probably you can hang your hat on the most after Scherzer at this point. So yes, they need somebody, and Chris Paddock is not the guy I would go I, after. Yep. Certainly, if you're talking about then bringing in Hosmer, his contract would have been pared down to about eight six million a year, which is doable. But the, you know, if you're trying to flip him, well, his his partial no trade becomes full no trade once he gets traded. So then he determines where he goes. It just it didn't make enough sense for the Mets to make this sort of move. I would be calling about something somebody else out there after the first couple of weeks. If, if you yeah. don't feel like your rotation can stabilize.
1: Absolutely. They they're already kind of hamstrung with, with no pun intended for the Scherzer, but with Robbie Cano's contract there, they own 24 oh, this yeah. year, 24 next year. They don't need another heavy, you know, heavy bat with a big contract uh, on that roster at all. It clogs up some of their, their moves that they
0: could make. Do you but off, kind of uh, off kilter here? Do you think they should just cut Cano? <laughs>
1: They need left-handed pop. He hasn't shown any pop this year at all in spring training. He said okay, he's he's done some some things, but I guess you see what you got in him. You know, I would cut him and let Dom Smith have those at thing, but, right? But Dom isn't a he isn't a, a splits guy, he doesn't crush righties, he, he hits lefties and righties. You have JD Davis batting right-handed, who's a, a, a really, I think, underappreciated hitter. Um, but I don't think Dom Smith covers that role. I, I don't know. I would I would cut him, but just simply because it's a headache and it, and it limits your roster flexibility. That's but the it's, thing. It's so much money.
0: Yeah, it, but but it's just money. You're paying it's it regardless. Just... Like if Steve Cohn and the Mets, if the whole goal is to fucking win this thing within the first five years of ownership, you don't need Robinson Cano on your roster. I, you don't, I agree. When you're and... blocking solid at bats from younger guys. That can be more productive. I, I would like to see them give the DH job to Dom
1: Smith. You know, Pete Alonso is is gonna hit, and he wants to play first base. Uh, unfortunately for Dom, he's a I think he's a Gold Glove caliber defensive first baseman. Wow. But there, the, he Pete Alonso doesn't want to give that up. Uh, so Dom is kind of the odd man out. I think they'll make a move. I think they're gonna give Robinson Cano a little bit of a a, a leash to kind of go out and see if he can do it, and if not, they'll cut ties. Um, but I
0: would have done it already. I'll tell you, it's a little close to home for me, but I would call Cleveland about one of their starting pitchers. And I, because Dom Smith is a guy that could fill several vacancies in that Cleveland lineup.
1: I, I think so, too. I mean, he he would fit very well there. Um, I don't know what Cleveland is doing with their roster makeup, but you send uh, uh, Tristan McKenzie over? or No, maybe... sorry. That's... <laughs>
0: Sorry, Jerry, discussion's over. I I don't have time. I got to move on to the next question. Deal, deal. By the way, drinking this early in the day is not recommended for you. Um, We just talked about Robinson Cano maybe cutting his salary. Well, Justin Upton DFA'd by the Angels, which means they are eating another $28 in the final year of a big-time contract. Another frustrating contract for the Halos, or smart move by the team to just move on. I I don't... (laughs) You know, I I, uh, I see what
1: they did with Pujols at the end. It was interesting. I, he still got popping that bad. It's not like he's not producing at the plate. It's not the same level that he's not worth $28 million.
0: He was barely a 700 OPS last year, and he played less than 90 games.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. If you can pull him off the bench and, and get have some big, you know, pinch hit ABs, a big power guy off the bench, we're talking about a depth piece for a team that's trying to compete. He's going to make it's it better. The,
0: I mean, how many pinch hits, pinch hitting opportunities do you talk about now with the universal DH and like, he's really, does, does that I mean, mean what, like it's going to work? You're going to
1: get nothing out of him. You might as well give him a chance to, to be an impact bat off the bench. If he's willing to, it, it might be uh he doesn't want to do that. He's going to be, I don't see it being this but he could just be a, a sour no, presence in the clubhouse not malcontent that's, that's not what i is. agree that's why i don't understand the 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 option of just keeping him on it might have been go do your thing go find a starting job as a a tip of the cap to a really good guy but i would have kept him around because i still think he has value mm.
0: it's interesting um listen if you're a halos fan the number one thing is the money right because this is a this has become a pattern through. Artie Moreno's ownership through several GM runs I mean this dates back to like the days of Gary Matthews when they gave him 55 million and he didn't finish that deal and then the Josh Hamilton disaster and then you know pool holes and then Zach Cozart and it the list goes on and on there's not a franchise in baseball that wastes more big money than the Angels and I think they got, you know, they got some decent years out of Justin Upton. It didn't help him get to the promised land of where they wanted to go, um, but it's just another glaring example of man. And then the Angels are probably looking at Anthony Rendon, saying, "Are you next? Like, you yeah. the next bad contract we're getting here?" I don't think that's going to happen. I'm I too much of a believer in Rendon. Me too. Um, man, like enough's enough. That's enough tough, is enough.
1: That might uh, give them a little bit of. Um gun shyness the next time they want to sign up a guy for a long-term deal and rightfully so they've they've had it's some of the worst contracts
0: them. not gonna stop them <laughs> they, they can't they can't help themselves <laughs> i don't care if they have new leadership in an executive role in a decision-making role really clearly it's just, i don't get it but for whatever reason they are wasn't here. moreno the one that pulled the trigger on the poo
1: deal anyway wasn't that over they go, they went over his head to the owner and he's like i give me poo i think it there was rumors of a tv deal you know, pending upon yes. bringing poo holes over.
0: So. Yeah. Well, they got their TV deal. They sure did. They just haven't gotten their playoff wins. I, I listen, I hope Justin Upton handpicks where he wants to go. He will cause he's got a full, no trade. And I hope that he, cause he's a good dude. You know, he's a former number one overall pick that has had a really good solid career. And I know he's well liked in that clubhouse, Mike Trout and he are very close. And I imagine that that's, that's something that, you know, Trout's going to have to get over. Um, we, we, we talked about the Padres hole in left field.
1: They've he's he's had a happy time over there before. So who knows?
0: Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's the direction they're they want to head, but I I guess I could be talked into it. Would
1: we'll you see. rather have jerks and profar on his contract or Justin Upton for league minimum in left field? Well, yeah. And no, then no,
0: yes. Okay. That's I mean, that's where we are. I guess so. Good point. Good point. Uh, last one here, uh, pirates reportedly in long-term contract discussions with Brian Hayes confidence level. that something actually gets done there in the steel city. Uh, 0% is my confidence level. (laughs) I don't, I don't know.
1: The pirates don't care about putting a a good baseball team together. I don't (laughs) think it's how long can you be a rebuilder? Like I don't get it. What are they doing? They're not trying to be competitive at all. Like we, we talked about, uh, some of these top prospects, you send O'Neill Cruz down to the minor leagues, you're talking about extending a guy. And then you don't, you know, put your one of your best players on the roster. I just don't see what they're trying to do. They're probably just trying to get the cheapest deal possible for another, you know, two years of making his value up and then trading him and bringing up a guy that doesn't, you know, support the roster. I, I, I just don't have any faith in the, in the Pirates organization right now.
0: Uh, you're dropping the hammer there. And it's deserved, deserved, right? We talked about O'Neill Cruz on this show last week and how confused we are. Not confused. We get it. Like, we understand what's going on here, but it's disheartening, I think, more than anything else. And I talked about how you want to give Pirates fans who are good baseball fans something to hear about other than, hey, look at our stadium. And, hey, I came here to watch Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado play my team. Like, that's not, that shouldn't be the sell job. They Um, deserve better. Now, I would maybe give it a 3% chance that it's going to happen. <laughs> Here's the reason I'm so skeptical. They've gone to arbitration with their best player, Brian Reynolds. They're haggling over $650,000, which I get is a lot of money. But when you know that a guy has severely overperformed, he's one of the top players in terms of war. Like, you know that he's out doing it, and you want to haggle over that? So what, what are we going to do here? I mean, how, yeah. how is this negotiation with Cabrian Hayes going to go?
1: It's, it's the, these are all telltale signs as a player. You're when you're sitting there and there's no faith that they're actually trying to make you happy. You are always going to feel like they're trying to fleece you. And that is exactly what they're trying to do. You're they're trying to get you underpaid for your entire career versus just the first few years of your career. So it's yep. never going to feel good to, to Cabrian Hayes, all this money coming to him, all these offers, He's like, yeah, but these guys don't really want me. They don't want to win. They don't care.
0: So it's tough. Also, I think it's hard to value, figure out what his value is. He is an outstanding glove. He's a guy that, if you know, whenever Nolan Arenado stops playing, could end up winning a gold glove there at third. He's great. Offensively, career OPS in the minors, right around 760. So above league average, but not like an 850 dude where you're like, okay, he's going to mash for years. So I think they would also have trouble valuing him offensively, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Uh, we just have some Shea
1: Station. We're finishing up our PPPs. Tomorrow we record the last two. Um, and then we're kind of open. I'll be going to New York to, for opening day, doing some, some pre and post game for the Mets. Um, Great. So yeah, man, I'm excited for my first opening
0: day as a member of the media. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm excited for you. And by the way, people loved hearing you in the booth, in the three-man booth for the championship of Blitzball.
1: Well, I appreciate you inviting me up. It was so much fun The between you and Joe's. Like, that was just an and absolute amazing time and a way to cap off the Blitzball tournament that was just, a, it was awesome, man. I know, and the, I've the heard more about that quality. Blitzball
0: tournament than anything, man. It, that's
1: It was wild. It was so it was fun. Really the fun. The
0: people really loved it. Uh, we have the latest episode of the Rose Rotation. Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays is back. Everybody always loves when he has an episode out. Um, see that pretty face, yeah. I mean, he's he's talking about good, he's talking about house hunting for the first time in his life. Excited. Uh, he's talking about whether or not the Rays have talked to him about a long term deal. He's talking about why everybody's talking about the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, and not the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we put a little clip out about that. Just some, you know, he can he can go anywhere in a second. Yeah, he, he actually also tells us the, sto- the story behind, um, you know, how he does this thing with his glove, yeah, he, yeah. He tells us where that came from. Oh, I, I'm going
1: to tune in for that. I'm always, I love little, you know, little nuances like that with like yeah. the do
0: little beard and all, all the things that, that like, that were like that. And later on this week, we have a big announcement coming about the Rose rotation. So you'll just have to tune in for that. That's I'll be tuning up. in. Uh, hopefully our buddy Trevor Plouffe listened to this and it didn't make him more ill. Uh, hopefully <laughs> he will be back. But Jerry, I greatly appreciate it. You picking up the bullpen phone on such short notice and getting in here—you feel good? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the cold tub and I'll be ready to go tomorrow if you need me. I love it. Maybe you can see Kevin Hart and do one of his episodes in the cold tub. It'll be perfect. A <laughs> uh, special shout out to our tag team producing partners today, Dan Rourke and Robbie Shirocco, who put this episode together for Jerry Blevins. I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on Baseball Today.